Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Today, we are going to talk about the B2B go-to-market benchmarks that we have kicked off a couple of weeks ago. And we already started hearing that people are talking about it and saying, oh, we can see that all over the internet. Well, that was the hope, but that was not the core intention why we did this. So thank you for telling us this. We're very happy that, and I hope that you're seeing that valuable as well. Today, we have gathered the full team at Dream Data, who has been working on the benchmarks. Of course, besides the data of our anonymized customers, we had this beautiful team working on them and we're going to walk them through. So to start with, very important, before I start introducing the team, the, the faces you may not have seen, remember, you can post your chats uh, on LinkedIn. We're looking forward to hearing any questions or your feedback. You can even try to say hi right now if you can hear us. I can see it so we can see that the chat is actually working. <laughs> Give us the likes and the views and, and the sugar. Yes. I'm just going to check the last time if it's working. Is that it's, in, yeah, it's, it's working. Perfect. Good. So, hello. So, today, who do we have online? So, first of all, you might not have met Jeremy just as much as you have met the two gentlemen just besides me. So, Jeremy, do you want to give a quick intro to yourself? Yeah, not not too much to say, really. I'm the content manager at Dream Data, and I pretty much write most of the posts, uh, the blog posts and uh, emails that we send out, um, including this report. So uh, that's why I'm here, I guess. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, you are so humble. Jeremy is the person that is kicking off all of our ideas for LinkedIn, for reports, for blogs, and so on. And you're still doing this. You are the machine of everything behind what we're doing. <laughs> With us, Stefan, our CMO. Hello. And we've got Lars, hey, our everybody. CEO. You might have met him a couple of times, but now we're going to talk about all the metrics that we have been cooking for you. So to start with, you might have seen the report and might have seen the metrics, but real quick, Stefan, why did we kick off this kind of a benchmark report? <laughs> uh, I think out of, first of all, curiosity, like how we, something we've always wanted to do and we've just kind of waited to have enough scale for the numbers to start to get really interesting. But, you know, when I'm looking at our own numbers, I'm always thinking, um, are we doing better? Are we doing worse than other accounts? Is our journeys longer or shorter? Uh, do we take more touches? Uh, because our product is involved in the journey, is there more touches in our sales versus other sales, etc.? So we've just been like su super curious to see. And we just, me and Jeremy, like, had that approach of kind of let's do a minimum viable effort for this to to see what we can pull out and like just scratching the surface of what we did with this report was super interesting <laughs> and there's a ton of more questions we would like to investigate but we wanted to just start from like the surface of what we could look at right there's a lot cooking i can hear besides everything here that we're having that's very cool um jeremy when looking into the report, you have been writing the biggest part of it. Like, how do you think people could use the metrics 
in their go-to-market strategies now seeing the averages? I think there is more depth than the than the wow factor that we've uh, gotten in most of the comments and stuff on on social media, um, and there is certainly utility. I think that's uh, um, in in using these, in fact, to to you know tweak your go to market tactics and strategies. Um, I think the obvious one that I'd point to is customer journey length. I think that's also been a favorite for everyone that's commented on this. I mean, it helps kind of place a parameter, a temporal parameter on, on your activities, right? So this is measuring it yourself. And then I'll get to how the benchmark can, can, can help the ones that we released on the, on the report. So how often would, for example, a paid performance marketer kind of cut an experiment short on the basis that it's not bearing any fruit or, you know, oppositely leave it run too long at great cost? simply because you know they're waiting for the results well time to revenue customer journey length by pipeline stage is going to be the metric that kind of you know helps you set that those barometers right and the same for an uh, an account executive i'd even say you know um, nurturing opportunities and prospects for longer than they should so this is this metric is what kind of fills that gap the result of that is that you end up getting a suboptimal go-to-market, right? It's in a, it becomes inefficient, spending too much time or too little time on the right things. Now, what does our benchmark do uh, once you're measuring this yourself? And that's kind of uh, a pretty critical component here. If you're not measuring it, the, the, the benchmark's useless, really. And that's from first touch, anonymous first touch, right through to, to the deal is closed. You can use it as a reference point, right? You can say, okay, wait, so I'm actually taking 250 days whilst I see that others in the SaaS space are taking, you know, way less. So then I should try and optimize further precisely, you know, with these kind of tweaks. We also talk about that a lot in our blog posts and our, and our LinkedIn content. So, yeah, I think that that would be an obvious kind of utility. From the I think we, we quite jokingly started talking about also, I think it's 192 days that your average journey is. Yeah. And if you start counting, you quickly end up around Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's true then, given the average here, yeah. if you want to produce more pipeline by BN or like revenue before the end of the year, you should start now, which yeah. I think a lot of people have no clue that it actually takes this long. It's not a fluffy statement. It, it's real numbers from real accounts. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing during Christmas. <laughs> I can yeah. see that in the customer journeys. <laughs> like, Lars, which teams do you think could benefit out of knowing the statistics that we're coming out? Customer journey length, amount of stakeholders, and so on. Which teams does it touch? Yeah, I think like understanding this, like the part of the funnel that is typically not very well understood in connection with sales data. So all the tracking that you can do prior to something becoming a lead in your CRM system, like joining those two things, I think is fundamental for like we've talked about this a lot. So like how can marketing work with sales? Well, marketing needs to understand what happens to the leads later on. Mm -hmm. But sales, on the other hand, you need to understand where the things come from. And you need together to understand the length of it, like what Stefan said. Like if we actually, in, in our company, I think the length was even longer than the average yeah. here. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't that's not shared in the report, but our number is actually higher than that. So if we <laughs> want, if we want to close a good December this year. Well, we need to really um, speed up. And I think this sort of fundamental understanding of what the B2B go-to-market, like the total funnel, what that looks like, because we're getting a lot of people saying, yeah, but my funnel is much shorter. It's only yeah. like one month. It's true. Like our 
sales funnel is also super fast. Like Laura is like, you're very good <laughs> at selling. So like the actual sales funnel is super fast. But before the sales funnel, there's typically a qualification. And then before the qualification, there is sort of the modern way of people purchasing software in mm -hmm. SaaS is like a lot of research, a lot of interactions, many people, many channels over a very long time. And that understanding, I think, is what a, like a report like this just puts like it shines a really bright light on. I think it's like an awesome piece of work that you did, Jeremy. We love it. And one thing that struck me when looking into our own data is that, well, when talking to clients, we usually ask them, what's your customer journey length? They would say, uh, yeah, three months. It's like, but when do you start to measure your customer journey? Like, yeah, when they book a demo. Ah, okay. So is that like when they are already aware that they want to talk to you? But what happens before that, the very first touch for dream data is actually more or less 50-50. So if I'm talking to a client today because they booked the demo, that means around as long as it took for them to find out that this is the solution they need, or at least that they have a problem, it will take me to close the deal. Like you can start <laughs> calculating stuff. It's, yeah. it's cool. I like it. Yeah, so if you talk about which teams can use it, it's both if the sales director wants to his, hit his budget, uh -huh. he needs to know kind of the full length and not just from when the demo call converts. But it's also for the marketer to know my activities needs to start now if we are to deliver enough marketing sourced pipeline for the salespeople later this year. Lars, another follow-up question for you <laughs> that actually came so, through comments on LinkedIn. Like the benchmarks that we have, let's say a company created the benchmarks, can those lead to wrong conclusions by different teams if you take like leadership team and people executing on the floor? If they can reach different different conclusions based like, on it? Yeah. Can they lead to wrong conclusions? Wrong conclusions. Yeah. Like leadership is looking at the customer journey length and now they know that, but. I think like one, I think like this is back to what I said before that there's a lot of people saying, but my journey is like, uh, you said it as well, like, oh, but my funnel is much shorter. Yeah. I had people say, yeah, but maybe you should work on sort of like shortening the funnel. And it's like, it's a different number than what people are used to looking at. Uh -huh. So when you're looking at this number, it's like the 192 days here. You need to be quite careful about understanding that this is sort of from the very first recorded touch of an account until it closes, which is very different from what people are usually measuring. Mm -hmm. I think it's like an insanely useful thing to know yeah. because if you don't really know it, I don't know how you can sort of predictably run your business and generate revenue. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So the next step will be some questions. And then each of the gentlemen will pick up a stat that they would like to talk about by themselves. <laughs> so now we're moving into questions to just break out for a very short while. We've got two questions so far, actually more because Hannibal came with two questions. So, so far we've got three questions. Yeah, and if, please just type all the questions you have. Type them out. We're going to respond to them. If we don't manage them today, we're going to respond to them on LinkedIn as well. So Hannibal, you are coming up with your questions. So two questions. Do you have the data at hand on median values and outliers? And do you have data on how time to revenue is correlated to deal size? Any papers? <laughs> I think I can see and the, like, the first one on the stats, we haven't done that. So this is a very, like what Stefan said, it is an MVP in terms of let's try to get some data out of what we have. So we haven't done that. But to the second question, like deal sizes versus time to revenue, that's available on any Dream Data account. 
So mm -hmm. if you just go to revenue analytics, you can find this number on yeah. your own uh, account. But do we know that? Do we know sort of is there, is there any sort of like connection between like do we know what the relation is like if people are doing like say 25k tickets versus 100k tickets? There is and, actually a yeah. table that shows yeah. it that says uh, this is the deal size and this is the time it takes. But actually, no, with the longer and longer time, the exact correlation from a statistical uh, or scientifically correct perspective, I'm not sure. No, no. That's true. Well, what's in the report? No, it's have been discussing to create a more extensive report that is looking more into the data and like deeper insights. So that is going there. But the one with the, the larger companies, you can say, which tend to take longer time, actually it takes 40% longer time. Uh, that is in the report. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, it's awesome. a good one for, uh, for further <laughs> research. Two. Yeah, definitely. We've got another question from Greg Walters. So here it goes. The sales funnel is super fast because of previous interactions. Can you define a touch? Oh, Lars, you love this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the way, so a, a touch for us is sort of an interaction between the customer and the company selling. So it can, it can happen on a website. It can be a call. It can be a webinar. So it's like two people interacting in a short period of time. And if you sort of like, if you do many of them on a website, it's the same as sessions, for instance. But we have touches are in, in any, we define as in any channel where we know that it happened. Then we've got, oh, how, why did it jump by itself? Do you have stats how often companies post content? No. Do you have stats over how often companies <laughs> post content? No, we would love I know, to. I know I have a stat on how often Laura posts content. <laughs> 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 Too much. Two times per day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one is no. Uh, what do you have? Uh, can we identify users on our website, like name, email, company name, websites? Well, I can explain the sim simple form of how the Dream Data Script works. When somebody arrives to uh, your website, we'll assign an anonymous ID to this person on the website. And then we'll start writing down where did this person and this anonymous person come from, what did they do, etc. If this person then arrives to your website four, five, six times during the next month without identifying, we'll just keep adding to the history of this anonymous ID. If at some point then this anonymous ID push, uh, pushes a form through, which can be download an ebook or submit a newsletter form or a demo booking form, then we get permission to join the identity we now know, know who is together with the unknown, uh, the anonymous behavior. So in that sense, yes, we get to know all these things, but only when the user consents to uh, for us to do so. That's a very good question. Um, th there was a follow-up question: like, is a touch must does a touch must be an interaction or? Yeah, it has you... to be like a, a, a recorded, like it's about the, like what is a touch? So it has to be something that's recorded either in a CRM system and tracking and marketing automation. You know, if you do like viewing website pages, if we record that, we can associate it with the account, then it's a touch. Yeah, and I think in that sense, I think the term is that it's deterministic. It's something that it actually left a touch that we can get into mm. a data warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah. if it's not exposed, uh, like a comment on LinkedIn, et cetera, we can't. 
So it's probably actually even longer than the 192 days that we have recorded. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like some of the answers here are quite short to this. So if you want more info, just reach out on LinkedIn and ask, yeah. and then yeah. we'll exactly. write long answers with more detail. Exactly. There is a question about offline sources as well. And Francesca, yes, we do pick up offline sources too. And uh, we're able to put that into the customer journey as well. Feel free to post more questions. We will pick them up at the end of the session. But now we're going to do a carousel of everybody <laughs> picking up one, <laughs> one at a time. So we are going to start with you, Stefan. Yeah. Customer journey length. This was the favorite of everybody. So you're lucky to talk about this. One. <laughs> I can. Uh, so we've already talked a lot about it. But, you know, look at that number. That means that it's Christmas now. If you get a new account on your website now, then it'll be Christmas before you in, in average sell to it, which yeah. is massive. If you're trying to understand whether your marketing activity is working or not, yeah. you don't make the conclusion in June or July. You can actually you have to wait six months, which is crazy. Obviously, you can set up some proxy metrics on the on the road to you know winning a deal, which could be they booked a demo call uh -huh. or they signed up to the newsletter or they entered the sales pipeline. Interesting. But journeys are just really, really long. And yeah. uh, you end up under underestimating or overestimating your experiments and you end up missing revenue targets if you don't understand how early you actually need to start. Wow. And for a marketer, that should be nerve-wracking. I remember <laughs> a comment on LinkedIn saying, I moved from B2C and now I'm in B2B and it takes this long time? <laughs> like... How? But Stefan, what kind of tactics do you like? Do you do mindfulness to wait for that? <laughs> no, I think like the North Star of most B2B companies is to get to some sort of predictable revenue. The way last night I tried to calculate that is by knowing every single step of our sales pipeline and knowing how long in average it takes in, in each stage. So if we need to produce 10 deals in December, we would need to calculate how many sales qualified opportunities do we need for that? What does that mean in terms of marketing qualified leads and how long does it take in each stage? So mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying MQL is not that. <laughs> you just have to have a really strict definition of what it is and know how long it actually takes from, from each stage. And in that sense, then you can actually hit the 192 days if you understand. And I think that's both goes to the salespeople and to the market says everybody should know the whole length of the customer journey yeah. and not just kind of the sales pipeline. Yes. Yes. You would yes. think we would sell we're selling this on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Good. So now moving on to Jeremy. You have chosen two. So you don't get the most popular one, but then you get two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you want to start with? The number of touches? Yeah, we can we can do the number the number of touches. Uh, but before I do, there's a lot of interesting uh, sales pitch that uh, that Stefan's made, and especially on this forecasting one, right? We've got good blog posts on all of them, so uh, let let me put out my pitch. You know, visit our blog page, and you can see how we're how we're kind of uh, setting up our funnel, and also how we're using that to to forecast and, and stuff. So check out the blog. Uh, okay, so back to the benchmarks. Yeah, so uh, why did I choose uh, this one and the next one, which is also the number of stakeholders involved uh, per account, is because they really kind of, I think, underline the B2B nature of what we're talking about here, right? It's multi-touch. It's always going to be multi-touch. 
And it's always going to involve an account. Beyond that, really, I think if you go into the report yourselves, um, you can check out how the subtle differences between pipeline stages, for example. So, so the mm -hmm. breakdown of those 31 touches between pipeline stages that can also kind of uh, help, again, improve your go-to-market. Something we didn't include in this uh, data is um, proof-of-concept touches or PGL uh, touches, which oh, is also nice. quite popular in the B2B space that I think is something we might consider in the future because that will kind of grow the number of touches that the customer will have exponentially. I mean, uh, uh, but, but it would also be interesting for those that are kind of in that space to see those stats. So we're, we're bearing that in mind. And then the second one is the number of stakeholders. Yeah, as I've already said, it, it kind of underlines the account-based nature of, of the B2B mm -hmm. customer journey. An analysis that as well also for the future would be correlating length of customer journey with the number of stakeholders, because we saw mm -hmm. that the, the spread is actually pretty big. So whereas the average is about 1.9, we see that, that some of them you know, uh, include way more stakeholders you know the buying committee is huge and 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 these kind of also intersect at different points of the customer journey so yeah super interesting for the b2b space and i think um we'll be we'll be digging deeper uh, in our next report i'm sure yeah that that's really really cool and when i sell to people who are interested in dream data that's kind of a very good indication somebody comes to a demo and they love the product they, they they love the product and they've got the money it's like i'm in sales okay now no 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 no. easy this is not going to close like where should you panic one person cannot well in some cases can buy a solution for b2b in SaaS. almost never happen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You Okay. Okay. Now we do you. And Lars is going to talk about the bonus statistics. So yeah. So so the bonus is really <laughs> um it's sort of a follow-on from Stephens, which is sort of the length of the journey, but how it varies depending on the origin of like the first touch. Uh, so I think so so in the data we present here, we say, well, if if the first touch is from a review site, it's actually a shorter journey than other cases. And that's, of course, very interesting. And I think that just shows that, of course, there's always a touch before the one on the review site that has to be there. But the first one you know is that then it's going to be a fairly short journey. I think that makes a ton of sense if you're in B2B SaaS, mm -hmm. because if people are looking at reviews, they are sort of pretty far down the funnel and they are considering the product. So it makes sense. But what makes this most exciting, I think, is uh, sort of the ability that that this data can give you to sort of predict the length of the customer journey. That if you know if things come from certain channels, mm -hmm. then the journey will be shorter, and and that's of course good. Sometimes things can come from sources where it takes a long time, and that's not necessarily bad. I mean, sometimes it's just that mm -hmm. that was very cheap, and then actually a year is great if you have a year to wait. Yeah. So I know like of a case where the like the most profitable channel at all, it took like a year before it, things became business. Wow. And if you didn't know that, like, first of all, you completely underestimate the, the value of that channel and you might down prioritize it and sort of act like in this case, you'd kill your business if you did it. Mm -hmm. So, the, so knowing this and knowing that you might have channels that are very, very, very good at driving business, but it just takes a long time that can mean a lot of difference to your business. 
yeah, or like if the pipeline is a bit dry, you would want to understand, is there a particular channel that I can turn totally. on and then push totally. a little bit more in sh- is there a, Is there something like if you are like approaching Christmas and you didn't start driving <laughs> demand when yeah. Laura said you had to, and now you're kind of screwed and you really need to ramp up those deals, well, then look for the ones that has a short path to, uh, to revenue and do a lot of that, right? That was a good bonus. <laughs> I was thinking, um, Stefan, when you work uh, with marketing and you know which channel is driving the fastest deals and which channels are driving the slower ones, how do you adjust your strategy? Where do you put your money? So, like, for our sake, it's uh, paid tends to be faster because Mm -hmm. you can get in front of actual demand, whereas our slower ones are uh, social, which means that they've been following all the work we do on LinkedIn or it's organic. And it's it's kind of how where do I want to go with this? I mean, more, on a channel basis, there's stuff that moves faster where you can also expect the result faster and adjust your actions if it's not working. Mm-hmm. On social, we can see that it takes a long time, but we can also see how meaningful people engage with us. So we're more patient here because we know it's it's probably working. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually very curious. So <laughs> let's say our demand was not so high. Like this month, oh, it doesn't work. Where do you put your money today? Right now, we work a lot with the the sort of, uh, I'll ask you to put up another LinkedIn post. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I really like the the matched audiences on LinkedIn, where Uh you can kind of uh, upload a list of specifically named accounts that fit your ideal customer profile. Uh And then I'll ask Jeremy to come up with some cool new content that we can put in front of these people. Uh-huh. And then you run ads towards specific accounts that you know where the content is, fit, is of a good quality. We've seen like when we put up good content, it gives us an immediate boost. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. And I've tried the fast results, like come and book a demo with me. Uh-uh. <laughs> 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 yeah. doesn't work. I had to try so you don't have to. Let me just go into the chats if we have any more good questions. This one's interesting. Okay. So which initial touch reveal the shortest journey? So in the benchmark report, it is literally review websites. Yeah. And I think that's an additional point here is that that's very interesting because those are actually anonymous touches that we join in uh, using uh, typically data from G2. So the fact that that journey is so short, I think is that is actually eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be longer because... We see it ourselves in our, when we inspect our own customer journeys, that um, there are a lot of sort of um, touches from like anonymous touches on, on, on G2 that you can then see lead, lead into our funnel and then sales. Mm-hmm. And it is short. So that was the short one. And yeah. the long one, I think there are three channels and the long one is social, which is sort of matching what Stefan says that social activities take a long time to yeah. mature. But I think the review one, like a specific action you can action <clears throat> you can take is to go to your Captera or go to your G2, mm-hmm. see where you rank. If you rank 10 right now, what would then go add another 10 reviews and move up there because the quality of the leads yeah. that come from these platforms is super high. Mm-hmm. So you know, involve your CS team. You know, I always come to the salespeople and ask, who can we get a review from so we can <laughs> keep going up? Yeah. And you know, it's this understanding of how does the whole pipeline work and the channels, how do they work? And then you can take actions based out of that. And I would say that review sites is you can actually act fairly fast on them. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. super slow because 
the demand that you find there is very sort of late funnel. So if you can tap into it, it's great. And like some of the efforts you have to make is not that crazy, right? Not yeah. necessarily even spend money. It is more like effort actually, you know, talk to your customers. Yeah. There are a lot of very cool questions. Any takers? What should we take first? You can touch your TikTok experiment. <laughs> My TikTok experiment. Okay. 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 Emma. TikTok is a channel much discussed in B2B marketing. Do you see some interesting stats related to this platform or other emerging ones? <laughs> I'm on TikTok. You can follow me. But as I'm saying, there is kind of, I'm trying to build the following while nobody's watching yeah. <laughs> because That's a good I really don't know if it works so far it produced zero it produced fun it was fun I don't dance there maybe one day I will <laughs> it's fun but one thing that I really see and a lot of people are talking uh, about is that TikTok videos perform really good on LinkedIn so if you post the like really good quality and really snappy quick videos on TikTok and you repost them on LinkedIn, that's what performs well right now. Otherwise, any other emerging ones coming? No, I think what you're saying is like a, an evergreen in uh, marketing that like work the platform while it's not popular <clears> because <throat> then it's a blue ocean. And then when it goes big, you're big. Uh, yeah. So test it, like see if it works for your business. Hannibal has another question. How do you balance this with demand-focused ads meant for in-feed consumption where a touch is not recorded. Yeah, I can like say a little bit about how I think about it uh, now. I've, I, I have been very uh, radical in the sense that you had, uh, once I felt you had to be able to measure everything. So you needed to do a lot. I needed to do a lot of click-based tactics because those are the things that measure. I've now moved a little bit more into as long as I just need to be sure that it's the right people that are watching the ads, then I don't have to force them onto our platform because I know this is our ideal customer profile. It's a good piece of content. And if they're engaging with it, that's just fine. I would still need to see something coming out of it, but you don't have to be like hardcore that it has to be a click that goes to your website, that signs up to your newsletter, some books at demo, et cetera. All right. Um, we are two minutes past half. We're going to continue with a couple of questions. If anybody has more, continue posting them, but kind of, yeah, you can, if you're leaving now, <laughs> so it's okay. you, it's okay, <laughs> and you can keep on following us further. <laughs> so, um, but we've got another question. I think it's quite interesting. We're low on resources in marketing, both in manpower and economically. There, our first touch point would often be the cold outreach. Got any recommendations for a scale-up company? Out review, like if you, if, if, I think it depends on your product, but if you can be on review websites and you are not, then mm. do it. I think it is it is work. So it depends on what low on resources means, but you, you de it's definitely work because you have to engage with your customers and talk to them and say, hey, it matters to us that you leave a review of us. Please do it. We did a lot of work here. Also, one of like we offer a product for free for smaller companies. That in itself also drives a lot of reviews because now we have like way more people actually trying our product that can that can like evaluate the product, look at it, and tell us what they think about it. But any tactic you can do around reviews, I think that mm. is very powerful. Depends on what you mean low on resources. If it's money, that's a great tactic. Yeah. If it's more people and you just want to spend a lot of money, I don't know. <laughs> then yeah. Make this matched audience. Yeah, then match audience. You can sit there for a long while. All righty. We don't have any more questions. And I want to thank you guys for That's joining awesome, this Laura. fantastic session. 
We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.